0: Get ready to enjoy some water ice because you're at the card pool. I'm your host, Stu Galetta. And I'm Kyle Robertson. And today we are continuing part two with our hidden
1: gem segment of Judgment. Like Stu said, this is part two of our multi-part set review of Judgment. You can take a look back at our previous video if you want to see some more of our hidden gem
0: picks. But without further ado, let's start off this review. That's indeed, Kyle. Let's start off with no number other than number five. And this one is a very unique card. When I first saw it, I was stunned. So we are talking about a green instant named Seed Time. It costs two mana, one generic, and a green. And it reads, play Seed Time only during your turn. Take an extra turn after this one if an opponent played a blue spell this turn. This is an amazing unknown card that I literally reread to make sure I was reading it right. This is a green's version of having extra turns green's version extra turns that doesn't exist really in the game of magic and for the time it it costs the same as a time walk which is the original card that made it so that extra turns exist, and that card's banned in commander so you have access to that now it blows my mind well this is very interesting because green as you said
1: never ever takes extra turns really so this is a pretty big deal but I will add that while this could potentially be very powerful, it's only useful if you're facing a certain kind of deck. Sure, if you're a green deck, you hate playing against blue decks, and this is a pretty good tool in your arsenal for it to work this way, I work well against blue decks. But still, I I couldn't possibly see playing this in my main deck when what? I don't know that I'm not gonna be when I don't know I'm gonna be playing no, against the blue deck. If
0: you're running a mono green deck, right? This should be a staple. It's just a dead card if you're not playing against yeah, blue. Yeah, but, but what are blue staples that are always played on other people's turns?
1: Yes, but you're not playing against. Well, you don't know that you're playing against blue at least, and you can also only
0: play this on your turn, so right, you well, can't. Well, let's you look, you've got a card kind of like thing. like Riku of the Twin Flames. The Twin Reflection. Sorry, this is a commander that has blue. It also has <coughs> excuse me. It also has green, so it could be warranted in that this deck for just the fact that you could maybe duplicate this effect. So for this kind of deck, I wouldn't agree with it 100%. It would be cool if you could reoccur with this, have the ability to get two extra turns because I mean, if you are playing a Riku deck, you would want to get extra turns. So this is something that could be serviceable with something like that. Now, I I see your point, maybe not every deck, but what is the most common color in Magic that you always see people using? Well, blue mostly, I'll admit. Yeah, it evens out some troublesome decks. It makes it so you can draw cards, you can go ahead and even out your plays. So, yeah, the chances of someone playing something blue on your turn... I'd say it's pretty, pretty high. I mean, every time I've ever played you, you love playing stuff on my turn. (laughs) Well, maybe, but I would
1: relegate this to pretty much strictly sideboard material. I know most people don't end up playing with sideboards in Commander, but if you do and you're play group allows this or maybe you're into competitive commander or whatever like that i would stri- strictly list this as sideboard material because if you're playing somebody with blue cards side this in and have fun because it's going to be well, awesome all right for you.
0: one example i have to bring up is one of the biggest staples that we see in blue is cyclonic rift mm-hmm. right yeah i mean aside from counter spells galore those are all blue and those being played on your turn is going to happen more than on your opponent's turn right but i mean you also have nifty cards that can like turn to frogs which is something that's kind of a meta play mm-hmm. you can go ahead and make it so all your opponent's creatures a little one one frogs without any effects you can go ahead and use stuff like aether spouts to make it so that during your opponent's turn or when somebody attacks they all go to the bottom of the deck mm-hmm. so this is an ability for green to regrow and green never has that like really Most of the time, green's slow by one turn just because they put all this mana into something, and it's just taken away from by some malicious blue player who doesn't like to have fun in this game. (laughs) Well, if you're playing this against
1: somebody who's playing a blue deck, you certainly are going to have a lot of fun. And speaking of fun, I actually want to go on to my own number 5, which is all about having weird and bizarre kind of fun here. It's called Mortality Shift, and this is a black sorcery with a rather hefty mana cost of 7, 5 colorless and 2 black. Exchange your graveyard and your library, then shuffle your library. So, like it says on the card, you are basically taking your graveyard, making it your deck, and then taking your deck and putting it all straight into the graveyard, and... I couldn't really come up with anything super broken to do with this off the top of my head other than the obvious kind of things, but there has to be some kind of crazy combo thing that you can do with this card. The only thing is, it costs 7 mana, so it's going to take a lot of time to probably set up, and especially because you have to be careful
0: about what you're dumping and what you're not. Well, I agree with you. I mean... The only, I mean, I'm assuming you're talking about a card like Laboratory Maniac, right? Yeah, so that, exactly. That's that's the obvious win con yeah. in this case. And, yeah, that, that would be pretty easy. If you have something like a Rhystic Study out, you have, I don't know, even if there's something in the grave like 10 cards, it shouldn't be too hard to get that drawn out before this card gets destroyed off the field. Yeah, a little niche. <laughs> seven is heavy, especially yeah. even for black. That's just, I mean, you need some way to cheat that out, honestly, and... What, what's the answer for that? I'm, I'm not sure, but right. this is a, a very interesting tech card for the fact that you can, if you perpetually mill yourself and you're not getting the stuff that you need or you've exiled the stuff that you've already wanted... You might just need to play this just to get yourself, like, almost a a Karn-like effect of restarting the game, but without hurting or hitting everyone else to give them an advantage.
1: I really like this in a commander deck like Kess, Dissident Mage, for example, who lets you play instants and sorceries from your graveyard, because you pretty much want to use those kinds of storm-based commander decks to dump a lot of things into the graveyard and then go off. ...from your graveyard with things like Past and Flames and other flashback spells. And plus, like I said, you could just play some spells from your graveyard. It makes it so much easier to get your stuff happening. So this could be an ingredient in decks like that. Again, it is kind of a late game thing probably, but you could probably power it out with things like red and black ritual cards, like Dark Ritual, Mana Geyser, and all that stuff. So maybe.
0: That, that might be a place for this to go. True. I mean, yeah, I don't know if this is really a deck, a focused card for a deck. Like the Rituals, like you're saying, mm-hmm. those are typically just the one-shot mana boosts. I, I'm not a big fan of those kind of things to get to that point. You're right, it could do that for you. And again, depends what kind of tier level deck you mm-hmm. have. So maybe an answer, maybe not goofy card but I I gotta love it. I I really, there's not many black cards I don't like, but this is definitely on the good side of Spectrum.
1: And plus, with Self Mill it doesn't really get a lot better than this, but I guess we'll move on to my
0: favorite color blue, so thank you for bringing it up. I, you know, I don't get that many (laughs) options to make you happy, so why not make it now? So yes, my number four is a card called Grip of Amnesia and it is an instant that costs two mana, one generic and a blue. And this is a counterspell, and a counter target spell, unless its controller removes his or her graveyard from the game. Lastly, draw a card. Very simple, very elegant, interesting kind of effect. You have a counterspell legit for, like, instead of having double blue, it's just a generic and a blue, so it's kind of like the cost of a mana drain. Mm. But it can potentially whiff. And I know blue players hate that kind of stuff for the fact that they need to be constant with it, they need to make sure it hits. But if it's late game, you're versing a deck that has huge advantages with the Grave, we'll say Scarab God, like you're versing that, you need to get rid of Graveyards as fast as they possibly can, and there's only so many realistic options that exist in Commander. And if you look at like, if you are running a counter heavy base strategy, typically what's the third counter spell you see people use? It's, it's Mana Drain, Counterspell arcane denial yeah i was gonna say
1: arcane denial is pretty much my counter spell of choice in commander because it draws cards and counters spells
0: for two mana. i mean what's not to like there but uh, you hate giving the advantage to your opponent so this inherently you're drawing a card it's replacing itself nonetheless so is this a better arcane denial I don't know. I I wouldn't think so because... Oh, it is. Admit man, it, Kyle. You feel it deep down in your core. I car. don't think
1: so because if you look at cards like Counterspell and Mana Drain, those are obviously really, really good. Mana Drain being like probably the best Counterspell of all Easily time. Easily the best Counterspell. I think with a card like Grip of Amnesia, it just doesn't guarantee that you're going to counter something and that really hurts because sure, they have to have at least one card in their graveyard, but... The likelihood is they probably do and they probably are just going to exile their graveyard in order to pay for this. I think the upside here is, though, that draw a card is added on to it. So you play it for two mana and even if they do uh, kind of exile their graveyard or if they counter a spell, no matter what the outcome is, you're still going to draw a card, which isn't really bad for two mana. Yeah, if it
0: didn't have that tacked on, it would be be questionable. Yeah, it'd be very meh. And I, if like even if if Counterspell had draw a card on it, would that be better than? Oh, that would be way too powerful. You can't just have that for two but mana compared no to way. mana drain. It's it, so that drawing the card is very strong, and that's what makes Cryptic Command so strong. So, I think this has a home. I'm not sure if it's a main deck staple kind of thing, but if we keep getting more and more commanders like Mold- Moldrotha just came out who can mm-hmm. just recur stuff from the grave, and we like Scarab God like we mentioned before, and there's so many more mono black just reanimates like crazy. And White has stuff like Revel Arc and Karmic Guy just flat out put stuff yep. onto the field. So, go ahead, stop something. They're either going to really need to make it so this combo goes off or this board wipe goes off. Or they're going to lose their grave. And that can break a deck. Like, that could be really something that can make the game stop for that player. So, I, I think we're both kind of saying the same <laughs> thing. It could be good, it might not be. But for how much this card costs... Uh, It's worth a pick up, just as a spec. Yeah, check it out, absolutely. But, speaking of those
1: graveyard decks, my next card actually goes very, very well in them, for several reasons. My number four is called Benevolent Bodyguard. This is a white creature, which costs one mana, and it is a 1-1 Cleric. Now, you can sacrifice Benevolent Bodyguard. Target creature you control gains protection from the color of your choice, ...until the end of the turn. And just to kind of refresh everyone's memory on what protection is... ...you choose a color, let's say protection from red, for example... ...then in that case, until the end of that turn... ...that creature can't be blocked by, dealt damage, enchanted by anything red. Or equipped, those or yeah, Exactly, some of them do. So that's just a sampling of what protection really does... ...and it's very, very powerful as an effect... which is why we don't really see it printed much anymore. Now, the reason I like Benevolent Bodyguard so much is, you might look at a card like, for example, a Mother of Runes and say, is Benevolent Bodyguard or Mother of Runes better? One taps to give protection from a color. This one, Benevolent Bodyguard, sacrifices in order to give protection from a color. One is more constant, one is more one-shot, but the reason I like Benevolent Bodyguard so much is because it's great for decks like Tashar, Ancestor's Apostle or Caridor, Ghost Chieftain, which really make a lot of heavy use of the graveyard, this is the one, 1-1 one for 1. You know, it can come out on turn 1 and start swinging, and once you don't really want to use it to swing anymore, its effect is going to protect some
0: of the higher drop creatures that you play later on. Well, and again, it is a free sack outlet, so cards like Soccer Tribe Elder, who can just go ahead, chump block... Sack it and then you go ahead and get a land. This can do something where it's at two for one. Instead of getting a land, you now have maybe a potential second blocker that you didn't have before. So you can block one, stop all that damage, give another card protection, and inherently stop all that damage as well, potentially kill something that they have as well if it had the same kind of stats or a very low defense so it is a good card and it, there are other cards like this like the the one kami that you can sacrifice it's kind of like spore frog kami mm, of false hope yeah it's a fog for a free sack effect on a one
1: one yeah very very good also pretty much i think a staple in those similar kinds of decks so yeah. it's
0: benevolent bodyguard i don't know well and there are recursion strategies Play Sun Titan, all mm. right, go ahead, you attack with him, he's got protection, goes ahead, swings in, no problem. Yeah. Bring back the bodyguard. So it's a recurrable little cycle you could have with that, which is I'd say pretty valuable. Right, and a creature like a mother of runes, you couldn't do that same kind of trick really. So well, not off the bat. You would right. have to have the lightning greaves or quif-, yeah. quif boots or something like that. So So
1: that's why I really like this guy. I think he deserves more attention for sure.
0: Yeah, I, I think it could work. I'm not sure if it's a mono white staple, but there yeah, are decks maybe that can be very good in so definitely Fair point. but moving away from yours into number three kyle I'm, I'm back on the blue train so let me know if you've seen That's this cool. card before it's a card called mist of stagnation it's a five drop enchantment that costs three generic and double blue permanents don't untap during their controllers untap steps at the beginning of each player's upkeep That player untaps a permanent for each card in his or her graveyard. So, right here, this is a very unique kind of control card in the fact that the thing that makes it so that you are being killed or slowed down is your grave. If you can make it so that you have a full grave, you're fine. You're loving it because if you're discarding, milling, being forced to mill, those strategies just don't hurt you anymore. And inherently, if you don't have anything, like if you're not running a fetch land, if you're not using sorceries to go ahead and ramp, like if you just use an Ignite to try to go ahead and use mana rocks to propel yourself, you might not be getting much untapped for quite some time.
1: Yeah, I think I'm going to make the same point as I made in the previous video when we talked about Web of Inertia, which is... This card is really, really good when used by Graveyard-focused decks, and really, really great against decks that don't really play around with the Graveyard too much. This clip may cost five, so it comes out a little bit later in the game, but still, if you're playing against an opponent who's only You know, played a handful of maybe spells that aren't creatures, and has put a few creatures on the board, and you just haven't been killing them. This card can lock them down almost completely because it's all permanents, like lands and creatures and basically everything you can imagine once it's tapped it's going to stay tapped unless they start having some kind of a big graveyard and there are ways to control that so imagine playing this and then exiling somebody's graveyard that you don't like they don't
0: get to untap anything that would be just mean yeah that bajuka bog is mean as it is (laughs) now you go ahead and make it so that they are kind of winter orbed and yeah like The Scarab God loves using the Grave, Mm, right? It loves stealing people's stuff from the Grave. So if you were to actually run this in that deck, it'd be very powerful. You can go ahead and make it so you can untap more and make it so that your opponents untap left, 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 less. My bad, (laughs) excuse me. So you can make it so that they're slowed down. And again, the biggest point about this is slowing down their mana. Mm. If you can't play stuff in your hand because you're not allowed to you're slowing them down at an enormous speed. And, and Winter Orb is probably the bane of almost all of those. Mm, and definitely. Dampening Sphere, I mean, you have other stuff sort of that kind of, like, taps, like, obligates the mana cost, but, like, flat-out untapping is the biggest thing. Winter Orb, you can get around it by just tapping it. You're unaffected by it, and you can just go ahead and have a full regular turn. This doesn't make that the case. So if you have a board full of creatures and nothing in the grave, people aren't going to want to board wipe you just for the fact that if they remove that, they now have another problem that they have to deal with. So it makes it a little bit more niche. I Granted, it is a little bit of a gimmick, and I see your point, late game this might not do anything, but if you get it out early... You might have something scary. Yeah, the
1: biggest problem I can see is if you really do lock someone down with this, they're going to start accumulating cards in their hand that they can't play, and eventually they're going to have to start discarding cards from their hand, which kind of works against you when this sort of you comes out in the game because the more cards they end up tossing out of their hand, the more things are going to untap.
0: Oh, maybe it will certainly like if you have four cards because you've been playing a couple lands like yeah you could tap the one land for when you need it or you're not going to tap anything to wait for the perfect time so it's it's gonna slow it down and if you're playing the right way you should close up the game before they can get back in so i don't know a bit too
1: situational for my taste i like cards that are a little more all-purpose than this but you play this in a deck like you said scarab god or maybe one of my personal favorites to so, I think it would be probably a pretty fun addition, and one that I'd be at least willing
0: to try out. Oh, alright, well let me know how it turns out. <laughs> well, but I will. Moving on, and I see you have a blue card on your list now, Kyle, at number 3. I do, my number 3 is another blue card,
1: as you said, and it's a sorcery this time. It's called Quiet Speculation, and it costs 2 to play, 1 colorless and 1 blue. Search target player's library for up to three cards with flashback and put them into that player's graveyard, then the player shuffles his or her deck. Now the reason this card is on my list, and the reason I think it is so good, is because of the flashback ability itself. Now. As we all remember, flashback means you can cast a spell from the graveyard, usually for an alternative kind of cost, whether it be mana or whether it be something else. Quiet Speculation pretty much sets you up so that you can put the three most powerful flashback spells you have from your deck straight into your graveyard, and then be ready to use them. And there are some really, really good combos that you can set up with this. I mean... Just think of some of those powerful flashback spells like I mentioned. The one that comes to mind most often is Past in Flames because that's always the way degenerate combos start is by playing that out of the graveyard. There are a lot of things you can do with
0: this. Well, and also, I don't think we have an image for it, but uh, Divine Reckoning is actually one of my most Mm. favorite board wipes. So, like, being able to consistently have that just for when you need it, it'll cost 7 mana over the 4, which is... You know, Wrath of God pretty much for you. Yeah. But it's still good just to have as a safety net. And again, this is target player. This is teammates. You have politics involved in Magic. So, I mean, go ahead. This could work very well for you. And it could help someone if they actually need an answer right then. If you are about to lose the game because there's like a Micayus on the field. Mm-hmm. And they're going to go infinite. Alright, if someone's like, hey, choose me, tag me, I'm <laughs> in the game. Alright, yeah, I'll let you get it. Take care of it for me. And now let's just see if we're still allies after that. So you have some options with it. Yeah, in multiplayer,
1: it kind of takes on even more of a new dimension. And with Two-Headed Giant and Battle Battlebond coming out, makes everything have kind of a new significance like that. But this is a great card because things like Entomb that just put cards straight from your deck into the graveyard have historically been really, really good, especially when they're at very low mana costs like this one. This could be setting you up for the win even on turn two, maybe maybe even earlier,
0: you know well, who knows. And tomb's a little stronger because it's not restricted to flashback. No, of course not. But flashback is a strong mechanic, and I think it was imprinted in more than just one block. For oh example. yeah, it was so, imprinted in lots of them. So yeah. it's it, you do have a nice threshold of tr- of cards to pick on from that. So. It is something to take note of. It could work for more cards to come out in the future. It's a good tech card. It's it's nifty. Mm. I wouldn't say this would get countered, because, I mean, if this happens early enough, people are going to want to save the counter spell for Definitely. probably the flashback card. Yeah,
1: whatever you end up getting. Yeah,
0: so you, this will probably go off when you need it, and it inherently is almost a tri-tutor for blue. Yeah. Right? which is pretty nice yeah they don't really have access to this now. I mean it's a little bit of a beefed up uh, mystical tutor but Mm. enough about this card Kyle it is horrible no I'm kidding but we're going (laughs) to my wheelhouse of green Uh, at number 2 I'm talking about an enchantment called Epic Struggle it costs 4 mana 2 generic and double green and it reads at the beginning of your upkeep if you control 20 or more creatures you win the game Win cons are very, very strong. And having them, something that can just sit out there and be good for whenever, is very strong as well for the fact that this isn't hard to do, especially in green. And you have tons of commanders out there that just go ahead and populate the field. Like, right off the top of my head, I can think of Rise of the Redeemed. You have Gav, Gave, whatever his name is, <laughs> the Guru of Spores. And then you also have my other little favorite tech card, J- how do you say this I, Jory, I can't yeah. read these cards for the life of me. Kyle has always been my interpreter, so I apologize <laughs> for butchering all these cards up, especially the ones in the past. But these are really easy ways to make it so that your creature count can go up to double digits in seconds. Just a turn or two can go ahead and make it so you have 20 creatures out, depending on how you're playing. So this is a very easy way for token decks. And again, token decks are green. They are white, green, and maybe potentially black.
1: Perhaps so there was a whole bunch of these cards actually printed, and there have been more as the course of time has gone on. But in Judgment, there was a whole cycle of these alternative win conditions, like having 200 cards in your deck, or having more than yeah. 50 life, or, or whatever like that. But Epic Struggle is an interesting one because I think it's one of the easier ones to fulfill, not the easiest. We're gonna get to that later on in another video, but I think this is probably the second best. Maybe if that cycle, because as oh, you said, oh
0: it's the best, just a bit of come on. I mean, on.
1: well, in a green deck, having 20 or more creatures is not necessarily all that hard. My only problem is you have to time this very carefully, much like I was talking about with Hunting Grounds. You can't just play this out there before it has the chance of doing anything because it's an alternate win condition. It's just going to get picked off as quickly as possible, and that's going
0: to be that. Yeah, you don't play this on turn four if you have no. two creatures out. Uh, you're just asking for it to get destroyed, or people be like yeah i thought you were a teammate Mm, yeah (laughs) i'm gonna let him attack you now this is this is totally gonna i allow this this board wipe is totally fine right so yeah be tactical with it but something i've rarely seen played and i've played against a lot of token based strategies and Mm. they always seem to be surprised when i mention this card exists yeah it seems like something that more people should take note of definitely i'd like to see
1: this played more but uh, you're going on to a card that I have actually seen played a lot and is really, really quite good and just happens to be on the cheap. For number two on my list, it's Balthor the Defiled. This is a black legendary creature. It's a d- zombie dwarf. You don't see those types together very often. It's a often. tiny dead guy. <laughs> it's uh, two colorless and two black, so a four-drop, 2-2 two, two creature. And his abilities are all minions get plus one, plus one, You can also tap three black and exile Balthor. Each player returns all black and all red creatures from their graveyard to the battlefield. The reason I love this card so much is mostly because of its legendary status. Not his beautiful face? Well, I don't know about that, but (laughs) this could be potentially a very, very good commander. I've seen it before, used both as a commander and in a commander deck. This card wins games. It's basically like a Rise of the Dark Realms on a stick, almost, because it's really, really good. Mono Black loves sacrificing things, loves killing things off, putting cards in the graveyard, both you and your opponent, and this is going to basically get you all of your resources back. Maybe some of your opponents, it's true, will benefit from this because they may be running black and red too, but you're probably going to have it better than they do, and a smart player can usually play around this with effects like Bajuka Bog and whatnot.
0: Yeah, you can make it so you get all the benefits and none of the backlash. Mm -hmm. And I mean, inherently, I mean, it's not exactly like this, but this card just speaks to me as Replenish. Replenish legit just returns all enchantments back from the graveyard back into play. So this is a creature variant, but it's a commander that can be recurred all the time because even though you exile this card, he's not exiled. He's back in the command zone waiting to be brought out again, so it's a very strong effect he does win the game he is his own win con i mean all you have to do is play cards blow up the board discard stuff block attack and inherently you just get more and more gas so people eventually are going to start being like yeah i've kind of been helping his strategy the whole time i'm gonna have to reconsider that next time i see this kind of deck so it's, it's very hard to play against you only way to really do it Is a Bajuka Bog. You need a Bajuka Bog before they Bajuka Bog.
1: Yeah, or something like that that exiles the graveyard, but seriously, the fact that his ability can be used at instant speed and pretty much the second he comes out on the field and nobody can really stop it all that easily, this makes it a very, very scary card to play against, especially in a format like Commander where there are even
0: more powerful cards running around and in the graveyard a lot of the time. And correct me if I'm wrong, so he has an instant speed pseudo effect. if you were to block even though it says remove you would be able to like stop all that oh
1: yeah as i mean as long as the creature you know doesn't have trample or
0: something yeah absolutely Uh and go from that thought again oh yeah well i mean the graphic was up did it stop recording the sound or no no it didn't okay uh, just go from that thought again and then i'll come back to you guys okay Okay. yeah what thought
1: The block the blocking
0: (laughs) okay oh all right The thing I said last, Uh. (laughs) duh. I'll keep it on the card so you can just cut. Yeah. All right, cool. Um,. And also, one thing to note, like, this is an instant speed sack, al, even though it removes, and correct me if I'm wrong, Kyle, if you were to do this, if this uh army coming at you, you can go ahead, use this guy, block, prevent the damage, and then go ahead and populate the field as well. Like, that would be able to stop even more, right? Yeah, absolutely, because, yeah, as long as the creature doesn't have trample, you
1: can stop pretty much all damage just by blocking with it. Then you exile it, you get a bunch of creatures back, and yeah, you're probably going to win the game on the next swing. So it's just really, really good. I've seen this before, but I don't think I see it nearly enough because I think too many people are nervous about helping out other players. And admittedly, i'm not normally all about that that's true but there are just the amount of advantage you're gonna get and the amount of advantage anyone else is going to get there's a crazy
0: imbalance there you know i have this like on film now so i can totally use this against (laughs) you in the future when you're telling me that's not the case for certain cards Right, right right okay well enough of your card uh i'm gonna move on to my my supreme card for this set and uh Kyle, what's magic but without a little glory? Mmm, Well that thrill. is the name of this card, and legit, it is a creature incarnation that is 5 mana, 3 generic and double white, it is uh, on a 3-3 three, three body that can fly, but the best part about this card is what it can do for 3 mana. If you go ahead and pay double generic and a white, creatures you control gain protection from the color of your choice until the end of turn. Play this ability if glory is in your graveyard. So this is kind of like what you're saying with your benevolent bodyguard. You are being able to give your creatures protection. Recurable, instant speed, protection. Mm. Where do you get that in the game consistently? Like you have to destroy the grave to get rid of this. There's no way for this to really be stopped. Like can this be stifled? It's not on the field.
1: I mean I think it probably could. But, yeah, it's very, very hard to get rid of this uh, without some kind of graveyard removal. And you kind of forget it's there. But that's what makes it so dangerous, because giving one creature protection is annoying. Giving all of your creatures protection, especially if you're in a one-on-one game against a deck that has very few
0: colors, I mean, wow, that can be game-breaking right there. Yeah, Chroma's Memorial is one of the reasons why that is, like, so good, because protection from two colors too correct yes it's that's just unheard of you're going to get advantage at least off of one player if not more so it's kind of like a card like giving all your creatures spectral ward Hmm. if you have the mana for it again you can give your creatures protection from every single color but you will have to be a little careful because as you can see here on spectral ward it makes it so that this aura will stay on it so if you have auras on your creatures They might get removed. So you have to be a little bit more careful with that. But it's really good if somebody's trying to go ahead and use spot removal. Beast within something that's always something Mm -hmm. to be worried about. If you're trying to go ahead and swing in for an attack, make sure that you're not going to have to worry about losing your field. Or if someone's coming at you with some big stuff, yeah, they don't have trample, Good luck getting through, guys. Yeah, but of course the issue here with all of these
1: incarnations is they're only good if they're in the graveyard, so if you end up drawing this or end up having to play it on the field for whatever reason, it's going to be really awkward and very vulnerable to getting
0: removed. Yeah, but there's tons of cards that can discard. I mean, there's um, commanders even that go ahead and do stuff like that, like Magetta the Line would be a really good mm, serviceable spot for something true. like that, Yeah, but it's really, really something interesting, and I... Like I said, Magetta the Lion, Sigarda would be really good, and, I mean, Carador, because they just love having stuff in the grave, so it's not too hard to be able to play something like, uh, I don't know, Survival the Fittest, dump this into the grave early, get something that's value to you, and just keep the value train going for you, so this is really, really something that can just be a staple in Mono White, honestly.
1: Yeah, I mean, you do have to pay mana for this ability, but the fact that you can use it on anybody's turn is really really nice it blank spot removal that comes out of nowhere can make all of your creatures unblockable or unkillable by the opposing army yeah that's well, pretty good but your argument that it needs mana what does it need mana? actually my next card does this of similar thing that doesn't ask for any mana for it so my number one card of judgment is a red incarnation creature called anger this is a 4-drop and a 2-2 two, two at that. 3-colorless, 1-red, has haste. Um, as long as anger is in your graveyard and you control a mountain, creatures you control have haste. So glory is actually part of a rare cycle of incarnations like genesis and there are other ones too one in each color that ask for a mana cost for a specific effect while they're in the graveyard there's an uncommon cycle as well including anger right here that only asks for it to be in your grave and you to have a certain type of land in play And Anger, honestly, is probably one of the most well-known cards from Judgment, if not the most well-known, because it's probably the most widely played of the Incarnations. Everyone recognizes how good this card is, because let's face it, Haste is one of the best possible abilities you can give a creature in Magic. The ability to swing as soon as a creature comes out. Not all creatures have it, so you kind of take it for granted. And when you have it, you realize, oh yeah,
0: this is really really good. Yeah, it makes it so that people have less time to deal with your problems and that is something that gives you the big advantage there. But I'm you know, I'm really surprised Kyle. You're a blue player, you chose a red card. Well, see, I considered wonder being somewhere on this list,
1: wonder being the blue incarnation that as long as you have an island gives everything flying. That is really good. But making something evasive isn't always as good as letting something attack on the first turn it comes out. True. And it's also quite a bit easier for a red card to get into the graveyard than a blue card. Blue does a lot of card drawing. Doesn't do a lot of milling or discard except with help from other colors. Red, however, does do a lot of discarding on its own. Yeah, like madness and such like that. Right. So, anger, I mean... Being able to put this into the grave and giving all creatures haste for basically the rest of the game as long as somebody doesn't get rid of your graveyard is just crazy, crazy good. And the only downside here is that it can't be searched easily in red. It's best, I think, in multicolor decks where you can pair it with something like black or maybe even blue or another color that easily tutors things. And yeah, I mean, you have that going for you. Just have, have have a party. Go to town. I mean, this is just going to be amazing, the amount of aggression you can put in play. Oh,
0: one thing I like that Wizards did, and I'm not even sure it's intentional, but, like, I love the flavor of how, like, legit... What each one of these incarnations does, the name suits it. Like, mm-hmm. having something come at you all the time, it just kind of makes you angry. <laughs> like, giving them all flying, you're just kind of like, oh, how am I going to deal with that? You're just kind of, like, always wondering about it. Yeah. And, like, Glory... Yeah, if you're not winning because of that effect, I mean... Uh, you might need to reconsider your deck a little bit. So it's I, I think it had really good flavor style. It's a really unique kind of way of like going about the game. And I, even though they're kind of a pain, mm-hmm. I think they're fair. And they're really oh, good yeah. budget options, too. Oh,
1: definitely. And this, actually, they've been reprinted several times, most of them. Anger, especially, has brought down its price tag like a lot. It used to be a lot more expensive than it is now. But seriously, with all the wheeling and discarding effects yeah. that Red has... This is we just a slam dunk one. in pretty much any deck that has red in it, in my
0: opinion. Totally. Well, also, we'll do a poll right now. Let us know who chose the better incarnation. Mm. Is it glory or is it anger? Which one can you see being the true winner of the game? <laughs> so that is going to conclude our pool time today on the Hidden gem segment of Judgment. But if you like the cards that we had in our pool, be sure to let us know which ones are your favorites and what you think of them in Magic as a whole. You can also
1: let us know what you think either in the comments down below or reach out to us on social media at our Reddit,
0: Twitter, and Facebook pages, all at the handle NTG The Card Pool. and be sure to follow us for next week in which we dive into the money cards that we found in Judgment as well but until then, I'm Stu Galetta and I'm Kyle Robertson and we'll, and we'll see, see you next time, time
1: at, the at The Card, Card Pool, Pool.